Hi, welcome to Mentor Box. My name is David Borman. I've worked at Morgan Stanley, Merrill Lynch, and I'm currently a professor at East West University. I've also written seven books on investing, including Day Trading 101, and I have a new book coming out, Statistics 101 by Simon & Schuster. Today I'm going to talk about investing and the basics of investing and portfolio building. I'd like to also cover some of the important aspects of investing, including the different types of things you can put in an investment portfolio, matching time horizon with investment types, and the importance of building a portfolio that can resist the shocks of a downward movement in the market. The first thing I'd like to talk about are stocks. Stocks are the most common type of investment. Most people think of investing, they think of investing in stocks. But you have to ask yourself, what is a stock? A stock is actually the equity of a company. For example, if a company owned $1,000 in assets and they had $500 in liability, in other words, they had $1,000 in assets and they owed $500, how you would figure out the equity of a company is you would sell off all the assets, pay all the bills, and whatever is left over, that portion is the equity. They would then take that equity and they would divide it up into shares. If a company had a million dollars in equity and they divided it into a million shares, each share would be worth one dollar. So when you go on the internet and you look at the price of a share, for example, Apple stock, if it's $200 a share, one slice of that company is $200. If the company had a million dollar equity and there was 10 shares, each share would be consequently that size. With that being said, when you are buying equities, you are buying a share of the company. You share in the profits of the company. They don't owe you those profits. You own the company. So consequently, if the company has no profits to share, you won't share in the profits. If the company has a great year, for example, if you go into the Apple store and you see that they're selling the iPhone 10 or the iPhone 12 or the iPhone 15, and there's all those people in the store, and you know that they're going to have a great sale and a great Christmas, you know you're going to have a great dividend. Why are you going to have a great dividend? Because they had great profit. Companies usually take the profit from the company they pay their expenses, then whatever's left over, they pay dividends in to the shareholders. The more shares you have, the more profit you'll get in dividends. For example, if a company had a stock that was priced at $100 and it declared a dividend of $1 a share and you owned one share, you would get $1 per share you owned. If a stock had a dividend that was paying more per share, that stock would be worth more. That goes on to the pricing of a stock. For example, people say, oh, I like that stock or I like this stock. I might like Starbucks or I might like Dropbox. You ask yourself, why do you like those stocks? You have to think beyond just the product. You have to think profit. How do you determine that? There's very different ways, but basically you have to see, will this company make a profit in the future? If the company makes a profit in the future, then you can pretty much be assured that you'll be sharing in those profits. Why? Because you own part share of the company. If you own part share of the company through investing in stocks, then you will share in the dividends of the company. That's what owning stocks is all about. It's not buying a stock that you like or dislike or your friends like, 
It's about buying a company that has profits that will pay you a dividend because you own part of the company and you will share in the profits. How risky is it to get into stock market investing? That's a good question. If the stock market is in a time when it's going up in value, there might be very little risk at all. It might be in a process where the stocks are going up and up and up. At the same time, usually the stock markets return 7%. With the increased return of 7% or 10% or 12%, you increase the chance of it going down. For each unit of return, there's usually an additional unit of risk. For example, if you buy a stock that's considered to be low risk, for example, an oil company, people are going to be purchasing oil for now and in the future. It's a low risk stock. It's relatively low growth. For example, there's the same exact number of cars, usually from year in to year out, and they don't really change. It's the same amount of demand. Because of that, it's the same amount of profit. The company usually pays the same amount of dividend year by year. It's a low growth stock, it's very low risk. If it's a newer company and they have an undeveloped product, you're increasing the risk. But at the same time, with that risk that you're increasing, you could be potentially increasing the potential for gain. Every unit of potential for gain increases the potential for risk. Knowing when a good time to get into stock investing is tricky. The only real answer is to ask yourself, how much can I afford to lose? Stock market investing looks great when the stock market keeps going up. If the market goes up month after month after month, or every week it's record earnings, record earnings, record earnings, and the stock market goes up, it might look like the simplest thing in the world to buy stock and watch it go up. The only true answer to know when is the best time to buy stock is how much can you afford to lose? That's the best thing to answer. If you have a certain percentage, aside from your rent, aside from your car payment, aside from your food payment, and you have a leftover amount that you'd like to invest, that's what you invest. It's a question of taste. There's no real good time because you'll never know when the stock market is at its peak and you'll never know when it's at its bottom. It could be at its bottom, and you could say it could be going lower. That might have been the day to invest. You could, it could be at its peak, and you could say it could go higher, and you invested then, and then that's at its peak. You'll never know. You cannot predict the future. No matter how much science and how much statistics and how much math and how much computers, there's no predicting the future. The way to avoid that is dollar cost averaging. How do you buy dollar cost averaging? We'll get to that later. How do you know what stock to purchase? You have to tie the purchase of the stock with the purpose of the money. For example, if you invest in a stock that pays a high dividend, you might use the money to live off of. For example, if with that stock, if they pay a high dividend, you could use that as an income stream to augment your income and increase your income. If you have the purpose of the money to increase the value of the money, you might invest in a growth stock. If you invest in a growth stock, it wouldn't pay a dividend, but it would increase in value over time. How do you know the difference? Usually growth stocks are ones that have a high valuation and do not pay a dividend. In other words, for every dollar of the stock price, the dividend is smaller. With the value stock, that pays a high dividend. For every dollar cost of the stock, it pays a higher dividend. 
With a growth stock, if you paid $100 for the stock, it might only pay a $2 dividend. With a value stock, if you invest the same $100, it might pay an $8 or $10 dividend. It's the purpose of the money. If you need the money to grow in the future or you have a longer time horizon, you might want to invest in a growth stock. If you invest in a growth stock, what they do is they take the profits of the company and they don't pay them out to the shareholders. What they do is they reinvest them in their own company, patents, machinery, factories, and they develop new products and they grow the company within. It grows within and it increases the value of the company. And with the increasing value of the company, it increases the price of the stock. Why? Because as the company grows in value, the equity portion of the balance sheet grows in value, but the number of shares doesn't grow. So if the equity portion of the balance sheet started off at $1 million and there's 1 million shares, each share would be a dollar. If they reinvested all their earnings and they didn't pay them out in dividends, that increases the size of the balance sheet. Now there might be $2 million in equity, but there's still the 1 million shares. Now that share is worth $2. At the same time, if it's a value stock, they might pay out all their dividends and the balance sheet never grows because all that cash is being paid out because they know those investors are looking forward to those dividends. And that's maybe the only reason they purchased that stock in the first place because the promise of those dividends going in the future. There could be a dividend from 4 to 6 8%. And people rely on those dividends and build a future around those dividends. They're not looking for the price of the stock to grow. In fact, it might be that that dividend is so strong that the value of that stock never moves. The stock market go up, might go up 10% or 12% a year, and the value of that stock it never, it never budges because they're paying out all those dividends. The balance sheet never changes. The, the amount of the equity never changes because all the cash is getting paid out. The positive investing of the stock market or the purpose of investing in the stock market is growth. For example, historically, the stock market has returned 7% a year. By nature, that is much longer or much more than the bond market. If you invested in bonds, it's much more secure, but it might only return 3 or 4%. That extra 3 or 4% growth by investing in stocks compounds year after year. At the same time, cash or savings account might pay 1% or even less. So cash at the low end is the most stable, pays 1%. Stocks at the high end pay 7%. That extra return compounds year after year. You can imagine 7% one year, compounded 7% the next year, compounded 7% the next year. Granted, it's historically 7% a year. There are times it could go down 20%. There are other times it could go up 20%. It could go up 20% year after year after year before there's any slowdown in the market. If you're in a bull market, it could go for a long time. If you're in a bear market, it could go down for a long time. It's that added volatility of the market that brings the risk, but also the promise of reward. What are the dangers of investing in the stock market? They're tied to risk and reward. Individual stocks are risky. The stock market in general is risky. 
it has the potential to go up, but it also has the potential to go down. The higher it can go up, the more it can go down. Stocks in general return 7% a year, but at the same time, they have the potential and they have in the past lost value. That's why normally when you purchase stocks, they usually say may lose value, not guaranteed. This is because there's the inherent risk of stocks going up and down in value. When stocks go up and down in value, it's called a volatility. This is the risk of investing in stocks. The more risk you assume, there's potential for more return. You can scale back your risk. You can invest in a less risky type stock. You can amp up your risk. Why would you want to do this? The higher risk you take, the higher reward you possibly have. You could build a portfolio, which we'll get to later, that has a blend of risky and non-risky stocks so you can capture the potential for gains in that portion and then keep a certain percentage of your portfolio safe in non-risky assets. How do you know when to exit the stock market? Well, you cannot predict the future, right? All the statistics, all the quants, all the math, all the computer programming, they'll never be able to predict the future. How do you know when to exit the stock market? This is the secret. If you're in the stock market and you come home like everybody else after work and you put your feet up on the couch and you log into your computer and you look at your brokerage account and you go, oh my God, I made that much money, that's when it's time to get out. Another thing too, when you're on the train, when you're on the plane, when you're at the corner, when you're at the coffee shop, and everybody's talking about the stock market, that's when it's time to get out. When you're on TV and they're talking about the stock market, when it's on the newspaper and they're talking about the stock market, the stock market gets getting a little overheated, that's when it's time to get out. Any money you make in the stock market is money that you never had before. A little extra might be good, but the potential for losing what you made in the first place is not worth it. It's all a matter of taste. When you have this feeling of, oh my God, how much did I make? That's when it's time to get out. You made enough.